Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, multiple networks are reporting that the grand jury in the Trump so-called hush money case with Stormy Daniels is set to reconvene tomorrow. So what does that mean? And does that mean that they have another witness that could come after Bob Costello, who we had played a blockbuster interview here on the show yesterday, really changed the dimension of the investigation? Does it mean they may have a counter witness Does it mean that maybe Alvin Bragg is going to try to suddenly ask the grand jury to take a vote on whether or not to indict? Either way, it looked like it was going to happen potentially today. And then suddenly after Bob Costello, who is the attorney at one point for Michael Cohen, he was a key witness, obviously, for Donald Trump's side. And he came in and he basically said, Michael Cohen is a liar, He also told us that he believes his testimony may have postponed any potential indictment and a number of other things that some of the jurors were just shaking their heads and scratching uh, their heads and nodding when he was saying, look, I have evidence that Michael Cohen isn't telling the truth. But that's not to say that this grand jury may not go full steam ahead. And there are reports that potentially a witness may be coming in tomorrow, that it may be Michael Cohen coming back in. Or it may be someone else. Either way, clearly, this grand jury felt they needed to put somebody else on after Bob Costello because his testimony was blockbuster. Take a listen. Here is what he told us that he testified before the grand jury. And he says this proves that Michael Cohen, who is the key witness in this case, ain't telling the truth. Take a listen. I gave them a package of material and I gave the same package of material to Donald Trump's lawyer. Susan Nichols, uh, and it consisted of, one, 321 emails between myself and Cohn, Cohn and me, and myself and my partner about Cohn and about the lies that he was telling us. They put six of those emails out of 321 into evidence. So I got into an argument with him. I said, what? right in front of the grand jury, I said, I presented you with 321 emails. These are chronological day-by-day, almost moment-by-moment accounts of the interrelationship between Cohn and us. I said, why don't you get, and I held them up in the air. I said, you should give all of these to the grand jury. They responded, well, we can't because it contains some uh, evidence that's not admissible. So I said, like what, hearsay? And they said, yes, hearsay. I said, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because these documents were made and maintained in the regular course of business. And it was the regular course of business to make and maintain these documents. You know what that makes these records? Business records. You know what that means? It's a it's an exception to the hearsay rule. Yeah. So you have no legal basis there. 
turn, I, I turned to the grand jury. I said, you should demand these documents from them. Why are they only cherry picking a couple of emails, six out of 321? You should see all of them. And they indeed maybe asked for all of them or indeed the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, who lets violent fennels, felons seem to go free left and right. Uh, he seems maybe intent on going after Trump. By the way, there's also reports that there's dissension within the DA's office that a lot of the assistant district attorneys are saying this is a weak case that they are asking him not to go forward. So let's see where this goes. Tomorrow could be a huge day. And joining us now here on the Rita Cosby Show to talk about what all this means is great former federal prosecutor Doug Burns. Doug, um, how do you take it that now we're hearing, first off, suddenly today was canceled. That was wild. Everybody thought there was going to be a grand jury session today, maybe even an indictment today. And Mm -hmm. suddenly they canceled it, and now it looks like they're coming back tomorrow. What I think happened there, in fairness, real quick, is that, you know, and I want to address the Costello testimony, obviously, because that's huge. But what happened was, um, I think the DA is scrambling and and flailing, seriously, is the best way to describe it, to get some type of ostensible rebuttal uh, to Mr. Costello, and the person wasn't available. I mean, that's what I sort of deduced reading between the lines. So therefore, it was canceled today, you know, and adjourned until tomorrow. But let's talk about Mr. Costello, because there is nothing more devastating um, to a lawyer in a courtroom or in a grand jury than getting caught cherry-picking and hiding information. Trust me when I tell you that. I've been doing this for 37 years. I'm chuckling. And the point is, Mr. Costello's testimony, Rita, about how Cohn is a liar, that's one discussion, okay? Prosecutors use liars all day long, but in very compelling, very serious cases. For example, to convict a huge drug dealer to convict a big organized crime figure. Trust me, you don't use a serial liar in a Mickey Mouse ridiculous laughable case. That's what this is. And it pleases me to no end to see Professor Dershowitz describing calmly how he has taught criminal law at the Harvard Law School for 50 years And it's one of the dumbest, weakest cases he's ever seen. That tells you volumes. But back to Costello, what's 10 times more devastating, Rita um, and the listeners, 10 times more devastating than Mr. Costello saying Michael Cohn's a liar up and down is him calmly saying, I gave the district attorney's office 326 emails. They showed you six. That is devastating. Okay. Devastating. That will alienate a jury beyond all reason every single time. And you nailed it. You hit it right on the head, Rita. So, you know, Mr. Costello said in the interview, I turned to the grand jurors. I said, you should demand all of them. And where you hit it on the head was they very well may have done that, Rita. That's interesting. Now, let me ask you from a legal perspective, Doug Burns, what is the obligation of, say, the district attorney He doesn't have to give those documents. Could the grand jury say, hey, we want to see them? You know, Robert Costello was talking to us about it. Um, How does that work? What's the obligation to hand it? Yeah, that's a great question, because you got to break the question down into sort of two avenues of an answer. Generally speaking, prosecutors are not required 
to offer or put in exculpatory evidence, which seems like kind of a shocking rule, uh, but it's pretty much true because the standard, as you've heard all the uh, you know experts and pundits explain, to get a grand jury indictment is probable cause. Everybody quotes Saul Wachler too much about how you can indict a ham sandwich, but the point is well taken. Uh, that the then chief judge of the New York Court of Appeals, the highest court, said. And so the point is, it's a low standard to get an indictment. You don't have to put in exculpatory or favorable evidence to the defense. But to your formulation, to your exact formulation, grand jurors are told that they have a legal right to request information uh, in the standard instructions to them. They have the right to request a witness if it dawns on them that they say, hey, we want to hear from Mr. John Smith, just a hypothetical name. So the point is, if to answer your question, Rita, if they've asked, hey, we want to see every one of those emails, they're going to have to give it to them. That's a great. So maybe they may have said, hey, we want to see something. Now, if you are Alvin Bragg, do you try to hurry up and rush it? How important is it to a have a rebuttal witness to this blockbuster testimony? But you also don't want the jurors. Apparently, if you listen to what Bob Costello was saying, Doug Burns, apparently these grand jurors were nodding their heads like kind of like, wow, I can't believe there's, as you you know so aptly said, uh, 321 different uh, communications. Here it is. And we only got to see six. And they were kind yeah. of in disgust. If you're Alvin Bragg, do you still try to push it through because you don't want to have those six or seven influence the other grand jurors because it's it's basically majority rule, right? If grand jurors are shaking their heads in one of the biggest hotbed anti-Trump hatred venues on this planet, Rita, (laughs) that tells you an awful lot, does it not? Yes, it sure does, because they're the last ones who'd be shaking their heads, you know? Exactly right. So the point is, I mean, you know, I like to try to play stuff down the middle, you know, as you know. You know, many on the right, you know, are reporting that, you know, the case is falling apart and all that. On many levels, they're correct, in my view, by the way. Um, You know, I think I dangled out to you, you know, the notion and, you know, a week ago or whatever it was that, you know, maybe this thing isn't going to play out the way everybody's breathlessly reporting. I did say that. I'm not looking for any crystal ball awards, but I'm just telling you that this thing does appear to be unraveling. And you have senior um, assistant district attorneys in that office. And this does now implicate the Pomerantz book. Okay. I mentioned that book to you a couple of weeks ago. I remember. You know, I was joking around how I'm not going to name the book and all that. But the point of the matter is, is that Pomerantz, in this book that people are becoming more and more familiar with, as it is mentioned in media segments by everybody, you know, Mark Pomerantz, real quick, was a veteran federal prosecutor who was hired to be an assistant DA on this Trump matter. And he and another very, you know, elite lawyer, forget the full name, oh, Carrie Dunn, I believe it was, they both quit in a huff. And they incorrectly concluded that Bragg was not, repeat, not going forward with the case. Okay, that was okay to quit in a huff. But what wasn't okay is that Mr. Pomerantz writes a book about the case, incorrectly concluding that it's over. But guess what? It wasn't over. And I'm telling you right now, no, I talked to a 40 year veteran, very, very well known federal prosecutor. He prosecuted Gene Gotti, huge case, and he he was my supervisor at one point. He said he would have clearly advised Pomerantz not to write that book in a million years. So what happened was in the book, he quotes senior assistant district attorneys all over the place, up and down, 
showing tremendous skepticism about this case. That's point one. Point two, he quotes Alvin Bragg himself in the book as saying he was uncomfortable with using Michael Cohen as a witness. You believe that? That's amazing. And of course, he clearly seems like he is the key witness. So now let me ask you, we don't know who, of course, if there is going to be a witness tomorrow in the grand jury. There may or may not be, but there are some reports that maybe they are. And if you suggest that maybe they couldn't get the witness, there's one report that there was an unidentified witness who was unable to appear today. And that might have been the reason. So if that's the case, do you think, I know I'm just getting you to read the tea leaves, Doug Burns, but do you think it's Michael Cohen or do you think some people were suggesting it might be Alan Weisselberg? That is the former CFO of Trump organization who is behind bars, who's like an elderly guy who's behind bars, mm-hmm. um, yep. you know, and and they basically said, hey, if you do anything uh, untoward or whatever, we're going to throw the book at you even more. Do you think it's going to be someone other than Cohen or do you think they're going to bring back Cohen for I think it's like round 20? No, that's very interesting. And you really have to draw an analogy to the famous Hail Mary situation in football. I'm serious. You know, there's four seconds left, and you're on your own 20-yard line, and the quarterback closes his eyes and heaves it 70 yards down the field. Here's the point. Any reasonable interpretation uh, of the distinction between Michael Cohn's testimony and Bob Costello's testimony, that's not even close, okay? One, again, convicted liar lies up and down, et cetera. But two, Bob Costello, a very reputable lawyer, comes in and calmly, phlegmatically explains that this guy has lied over and over and over about these specific events. Because, by the way, very important uh, for the listeners, very often what happens is a witness has lied on two other ancillary things, and you cross-examine, and you lied there, this and that. But it's hard to demonstrate that they're lying now because there's backup or corroboration of it. But here, the notion is Cohn is lying about this. He maintained over and over and over, okay, that he was not directed by President Trump to do this, et cetera, et cetera. And that's, that's pretty devastating. But And again, broken record, it behooves me to repeat the point. When you go in there and say, I gave them 326 uh, you know, emails, or texts, I don't recall. Yeah, I think it was a combination of the two. Okay, and they showed you six of those. That's absolutely can be devastating. Yeah, I agree. So, but regardless, though, uh, we don't know. They may still indict, like you just said, and we'll see uh, who they bring in potentially tomorrow. It is going to be blockbuster, and it's actually like it's increased the anticipation. You know, now it's like hey. you, didn't think, you didn't think you could ratchet it up anymore, uh, but it is increasing it. But again, Minor crystal ball. I'm not going to come right out and say, because I think I told you, you know, I can't predict whether he's going to be indicted. You know, I told you that a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, at this point, though, I have to adjust and say it's more likely that he's not indicted than it is that he is. But I can't say that he won't be. Yeah. And, and I, my, yeah. my gut still tells me they're going to go through it just because Alvin Bragg at this point is so determined. But who knows, Doug? You know, uh, this is just a wild case. Doug, you got to come back on again soon. We love having you. Appreciate you having me on, Rita. Good night. Thank you. You are the best. Uh, former federal prosecutor Doug Burns. Everybody, when we come back, I'm going to take your calls. How do you read the tea leaves? Is an indictment coming, or did Bob Costello change the dynamics? And who could be the witness tomorrow? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
And there are reports tonight, everybody, on the Rita Cosby Show that the grand jury in the Trump case in New York under soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg, well, it looks like it may be reconvening tomorrow. It was abruptly canceled today. And there are some reports that there's still another witness. And you just heard me talking with Doug Burns. The question is, is it going to be Michael Cohen to come back? even though a lot of his reputation is in tatters and very questionable? Or is it going to be somebody else that they've already called or somebody new? It clearly seems that Bob Costello changed the dynamics in the case because he presented the grand jury with maybe more in the story that they had ever seen because they clearly only were seeing one side of the story. And here is what Senator Ted Cruz had to say about a potential indictment. Listen, the long and short of it is this indictment, if it is absolutely outrageous, it is frivolous, baseless, it is a political persecution, it is not a prosecution. It is targeting Donald Trump because Alvin Bragg is a left-wing Democrat who hates Donald Trump and legally this case is, is absurd on its face. And there are reports tonight that even people within the district attorney's office are voicing concern. Assistant district attorney saying, you know, uh, D.A. Bragg, maybe you should focus on real criminals, repeat offenders, violent offenders. Not this one. What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Teddy. Line six. Ted, your thoughts. Rita, I'm sorry. Enough is enough, okay? You have to be genuine, please. Rita, he may not be fully guilty here, but you refuse to talk about the quicker, the evidence that the judge has reported that is reputable. He lied to his attorneys in Florida, Rita. Why don't you acknowledge it? You, Norm, BJ, and Dom, you've lost credibility, Rita. Everyone in the City University has heard you. I sent them the tapes. Good, good, good. So So then, Ted, send them this one, all right? Here's the message, first off. You just actually hit the nail on the head. You said, well, maybe not this case. Well, guess what? This case is the case we're looking at, Ted. And how would you Ted, Ted, I am talking about this case right now. So just can we just focus on that? There's a lot of cases out there. On this case, you feel like, hey, throw the book at him because you think he's guilty somewhere else. That's not the way justice works. Then you know what? You should work. You should go to like Castro's Cuba. You know, that you would have been great at that time back then. If that's the kind of justice you think that should be in this country, shame on you, Teddy. I agree with you. If it, if the if it shoe doesn't fit, then you don't wear the foot, the shoe. Okay, so if he doesn't, if the, that's why. But you said last week that they were going to indict him. You said that last week. By the way, by the way, I still, him. I still think there is a chance he will be indicted in this case. It doesn't mean that I can't think the case is strong. I think Alvin Bragg is clearly a political animal. And and I think Doug Burns just laid it out so eloquently. Bragg, even in the past, said he didn't want to use Michael Cohen as a star witness. This is coming from one of his other colleagues. This is 
Michael, one of, uh, forgive me, one of um, Bragg's own colleagues. So Bragg clearly wasn't jumping on the case. It's a seven-year-old case. So he wasn't sure of this case. And now suddenly he's had an epiphany that he wants to go after Trump. That's not the way justice works. And I would say it if it was a Democrat, an independent Republican. We are America, Teddy, and you got to be fair. And you have to admit that I'm glad you are, Ted. I knew we'd see eye to eye. Thank you, Ted, for the call. We'll continue, everybody, after the break. 800-848-9222. Boy, Teddy's got a lot of passion tonight. He is a fireball. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Pinellas County, Florida, where a Pinellas County Sheriff's Office canine deputy walked out of the hospital five days after he was shot three times by a burglary suspect. Corporal Matt Aiken, 40 years old, walked out of Bayfront Health St. Petersburg Hospital slowly and gingerly but without the help as a crowd of family, friends, and fellow law enforcement officers clapped and cheered. Aiken's fellow canine deputies and canine officers from other agencies held the leashes also of their partners, some barking along with applause. Now, Aiken and his canine partner, Taco, responded just before 7 o'clock on a Sunday night to an auto burglary call And suddenly uh, they noticed that a 23-year-old was attempting to get into several vehicles. A witness then confronted the officer and Bostic, then the uh, suspect, ran away actually from the scene. The officer then spotted him at a nearby church where the officer approached him and he fled. Aiken, his dog Taco, and another sheriff's officer tracked then the suspect into a fenced-in backyard. Their investigators say the suspect opened fire with a 9 millimeter handgun, hitting Officer Aiken in the neck, hand, and leg. He underwent surgery. Thank goodness he was able to walk out okay and, again, had Taco also with him as he was walking out of the hospital to loud cheers. And it's a great reminder, first of all, the risks that our officers face every single day and also of the great work that our four-legged friends also do who are supporting the officers and do such great and such very, very important work. Well, certainly security's beefed up all over New York and also Washington and elsewhere in anticipation that a potential indictment of President Trump could be happening very soon. There is word, by the way, that even if an indictment comes, say, if it comes tomorrow or if it comes next week, uh, it may not come at all. We don't know. Uh, The case may be falling apart. Uh, but I think Alvin Bragg uh, feels like he's got to go full steam ahead, no matter how weak and lame his case is. But there is a lot of security and preparation for it. And there'll be a lot of things worked out between Florida with the Secret Service, because President Trump's down there at Mar-a-Lago, how to bring him up to New York, how to figure out all the logistics. There are reports tonight that President Trump is basically saying, you know what, I am not going to hide or cower if I end up getting indicted. Sources close to the president reportedly saying that he's going to walk basically through the front door, uh, talk to people in the crowd, 
uh, that he says, you know what, there is anticipation and he is not going to cower, uh, that he is almost gleeful if that's the case because he feels it is a ridiculous case. And also, listen to this one. President Trump has raised $1.5 million for his presidential campaign in just the three days following his rant that there could be a possible arrest. So isn't that interesting? Remember, he tweeted out that on his social, uh, Truth Social, put out there that he thought a possible arrest was going to happen. And within three days' time, he raised $1.5 million. Apparently, all the donations were flooding in, saying, this looks like an injustice. This looks like a weaponized justice system. And clearly, he is getting a lot of support. And you even see it in the polls, too, in a number of polls. He has shot up by quite a few percentage points just because people are seeing it for what it is. Politics. Absolutely politics. And here is Bob Costello again, who was that blockbuster witness. He is a guy who was an attorney briefly for Michael Cohen. He testified before the grand jury this week, and he says he clearly showed them evidence that Michael Cohen can't be trusted. Take a listen. This is what he told us. I didn't know that you needed convincing that Michael Cohen was a liar because (laughs) he pled guilty to perjury. So before I went in there, he was a convicted perjurer and a felon. But when I went in there, uh, and the reason I went in there was just listening to the media, listening to Michael Cohen make statements before he went into the grand jury and after he came out of the grand jury that were completely the opposite to what he told us during his moment of crisis in April 17th, 2018, when he was suicidal, literally, he told us that he had been on the roof of the Regency Hotel the weekend before, and he was seriously considering jumping off. And now as a reaction to what Costello said, and again, remember, he used to work in the Southern District of New York. Uh, This is a well-known attorney, well-respected attorney. He said there is no gray. Michael Cohen is lying. So will they put somebody else on the witness stand tomorrow before the grand jury go in there? Could it be Michael Cohen again? Could it be somebody else? Uh, because apparently Costello did rattle the grand jurors. And this is what Jonathan Turley, the great constitutional attorney, had to say about it. The grand jury heard from Mr. Costello, the former lawyer uh, for Michael Cohen, Mr. Costello said he went into that grand jury and waved around 300 emails that he said that they had not really seen or been fully informed of. Those emails, according to him, contradict Michael Cohen, who's the star witness of this entire production. Uh, That may have left a mark, and they may still be trying to deal with it. They very well may, and there are reports that even assistant district attorneys are completely unsettled that this case is moving forward. And here is what Jonathan Turley has to say about how this will affect the integrity of Alvin Bragg forever. Bragg is suggesting, according to reports, that he'd like to prove a federal crime that the Department of Justice didn't think warranted a charge. Uh, That's something that none of us have really seen before. So he's taking this bizarre case with all these conflicts uh, into what is a historic moment. And I don't think history will be very kind to him. 
he will be the first prosecutor to indict a former president. But yeah. to do it on these grounds? Yeah, to do it on these grounds? That's the question. You're going to go after President Trump on these grounds? The former president of the United States? The front runner in the GOP party for president? You're going to go after him? You got to be kidding me. This is the definition of insanity. This is not America, guys. You even have district attorneys in his office reportedly saying, what are you doing? And yet, what, he's still going to go forward with it? So it seems. Or do you think maybe he's going to have an epiphany and say, you know what? I was wrong. Now that Costello has shown me this, I see the light. And I'm not going to ruin the former president's life and drag him through a year of testimony and everything else. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline. Line four. Jacqueline, uh, where do you see this going? Rita, I tell you, I have all of a sudden today, with all of the information that I've heard yesterday from Bob Costello and also the grand jury not uh, having their meeting today, I think that Michael Cohen is the one who had the affair with Stormy Daniels, and I'll tell you how I came to this conclusion. Wait, wait, wait. I, by the way, I think Stormy uh, was kind of storming around. Remember what she does professionally, but go ahead. <laughs> well, after I heard Bob Costello's account of talking to Michael Cohen um, that he wanted to jump from the roof of the building, only someone who was desperate and despondent would consider doing that. Michael Cohen is the one who took a HELOC out. Now, I don't know how he was able to do that without his wife knowing about it or signing for it, unless it was on a property that he owns without her. But he was very adamant that he did not want his wife to know. Why? What, what, what could that possibly, what, what could his wife, uh, why would he not want his wife to know? He probably promised Stormy Daniels access to President Trump, which is how the picture happened. Today's grand jury meeting didn't happen. I wonder why. And Michael Cohen is a loser and a nobody. All of this has made him a somebody. And he's such a devious dirtbag. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he had this entire scheme in mind to use against the president, if he ever needed an ace to bail himself out of a hole that he may have dug. And as for the usual nasty haters, like one of your previous callers. You mean Ted, fuzzy several, teddy bear. Go you ahead. You got that right. Uh, there are quite a number of others, and if my theory proves to be correct, Rita, I hope that you'll remember where you heard it first. Well, and you know what? That is an interesting one. I haven't heard that anywhere. So, Jacqueline, I will remember that. And the HELOC uh, loan is really interesting because I did see a report, uh, and this was Cohen, I think, with his, I think it was from Cohen, where he actually said the reason he took out a HELOC, just to you, you know, to your point, that he didn't want his wife to know. But he claimed he didn't want his wife to know because it involved President Trump, so he said. So, you know, there are so many, like, holes in his story. He has even self-admittedly lied. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's just so much stuff out there. There's a letter that's out there now uh, where reportedly he said a couple of years ago that there was never, you know, nothing to tie to Trump with this, never anything campaign, never anything this. Um and for you to go after the president of the United States with somebody like this who has so many questions in his background, and now you got another attorney who's come in and said, oh, whoa, 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 I got uh, 300 plus more different messages that paint a little different picture. Uh, when you look at all that together, 
Is this the case that you as a DA, Alvin Bragg, uh, are going to hang your hat on? Uh, I I don't think so. That, that's my gut. But but on the other hand, Jacqueline, I say this. I don't think so that I don't think he should. Does it mean he's not going to? My gut tells me he's still going to go forward with it. I would I would be stunned if he doesn't because I feel like he is so dug in on orange man bad going after Trump at every single turn that I don't see him wanting to reverse course because it would be a concession that he had a weak case, which he probably could have figured out in five minutes but didn't want to for the longest time. So, wow, let's see where it goes. Jacqueline, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Jerry, line seven. Jerry, your thoughts? Yeah, thanks to Jacqueline, big time, and uh, to you for the news on the officer and everything else that you're uh, uh putting out here for me to know um you know i, I just I, I i wish i were more like you i don't know you, you know you uh you keep cool with this guy like teddy man i tell you uh it's I, I it's hard i don't want to be a hater but i hate guys like this and a guy like that uh, several days ago that called you uh norm or somebody i, I don't know i can't remember his no name. norm's a uh, norm norm is norm's usually pretty cool you know norm's oh, okay. pretty cool i'm not sure yep. i got the name wrong but um, i'm saying these guys are like huckabee saying there's the insane and that's what they're they're, they're something mentally wrong with them they're haters I mean, that Trump, I think, is I'm not naive to me. He's such a good man. Jeez, what do you what do you want from somebody? My God, you know, anyway, that's what I called to say. Well, well, you know, you know what I'm thinking of two things, Jerry. One is and thank you for, uh, you know, I I, your credibility is way intact. Go ahead. Thank you. By the by the way, I love hearing from everybody, whether I agree with them or not. I think it's important. I don't like people to to feel like they can't call in. I like to hear all views. You know, sometimes you learn things. Most of the time you don't from some of them. But anyway, I still think, you know, it's it's valuable to hear what everybody's thinking. But I thought Teddy's logic was really interesting tonight. And it's similar to what a lot of people who just can't stand Trump. He's like, well, maybe not on this case, but let's throw the book at him anyway. I mean, what? Uh, how is that justice, Jerry? But that is really, Teddy is not alone in that philosophy. There's a lot of people out there who just don't like Trump. And even if this case looks weak, just let's throw the book at him because we just don't like him. I mean, that is so un-American, Jerry. It's so unhuman. It's it's just disgusting, and and I think we're heading to a slippery path. That's the problem, too, Jer. Thank you very much, Jer, for your kind words. Let's go to Rosie, line three. Rosie, your thoughts? Hi, Rita. Well, uh, I have a a different concern. Um, we know the Democrats are so strong after him. I mean, it's been obvious all these years, but um, I would like. Mr. Trump to say to his followers not to show up, because I feel that this could be a way for the Democrats to make another January 6th. I agree. By the way, I 1000 percent agree. I think um, that they would love to see anything that would, you know, border on crossing the line or anything like that. Not that there are a lot of good people that were out there on January 6th. There were also obviously some that, you know, that if they attacked an officer or did something else uh, that was completely improper, obviously. But, but uh, you know, I think, Rosie, that 
they would love to see things get out of control and say, see, 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 those are the same people that were there on January 6th or the MAGA people. There might even be instigators in the crowd. I think they would go to that degree because they would just love to have that moment, Rosie, anything they could do to blame him. Even And by the way, even if he came out and said, please don't come out, but they did something and they had an altercation with an officer or something like that, we would see that footage over and over and over again, and not the 1,000 people that were just holding up signs and cheering justice. Don't you agree? I mean, it's so stilted. I do agree, but I feel that most likely the haters would come in the Trump garb and try to, um, you know, discredit, just, just discredit the Trump people who are just trying to, uh, embrace this man who has taken so much garbage in 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 his love for America, and I just I'm just concerned with that. And uh, I would love for him to say, if you want to show support to me, go to Trump Tower, go to Mar-a-Lago, and don't show up at that place. That's all. That's what I would like for him to do. I although, know nobody although, doesn't listen to people. <laughs> well, no, but you know what? I think it's a good point. Although I will you know? say that I will say that I think even in front of Trump Towers, uh, there could be potential for altercation. I mean, anywhere. Yeah. But but I agree. It has to be peaceful, Rosie. Bravo, bravo, bravo. It's, it is an important point, And we want everybody to be safe. Uh, but by the way, Trump says that he plans on kind of walking through the front door. This is according to the people close to Trump reporting it. And that he says, you know what? I'm going to just basically, you know, walk in. I'm not going to cower. Um, and if indeed he is indicted, he's just going to be walking through. He might even, he even said, some people said he's even invigorated. Now, he's angry and invigorated going through all these different emotions, which, Probably is the case. On one hand, saying, you know what, I'm just going to walk through. It's clearly political. Angry that he's being dragged through it. So I think, like anybody would be, just a lot of emotions. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, I think Alvin Bragg is probably still going for it, hoping for an indictment tomorrow. There are reports there may be another witness that comes forward. And it may be Michael Cohen trying to rejuvenate his reputation uh, based on what Costello was saying. Or it might be somebody else. Uh, either way, it looks like Alvin Bragg doesn't want to leave the jury, the grand jury, with the lasting impression of Bob Costello, who sounds like he poked so many holes in Michael Cohen's testimony uh, that Michael Cohen may as well look like a, a pile of Swiss cheese with all the little holes all over the place. According to Costello, the jurors were shaking their heads in like complete disbelief and rattled. So the question is, has that changed the dimensions of this case or do you think it is still going forward? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry. Line five. Larry, where do you say this headed? By the way, uh, I have news for Jerry. He can, he can, you know what? He was referring to me probably. I'm glad he forgot, his, forgot my name. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, what I wanted to say about the case. Maybe, maybe, maybe that so? means you're memorable, Larry. That's a, that's a compliment. You're unforgettable like Nat King Cole. 
Yeah, the one time we got into a feud, I got Jerry, who remembers it, right? Ah, all right. Maybe that was it. I don't know. But we love you, Larry. Go ahead. Okay, we? I thought you. Okay. <laughs> Who's we? We, any, any, well, we means me and everybody else listening. So go ahead. Hopefully not Stan and Teddy. Okay. Um, well, okay, this is the thing. I disagree with Doug Burns, okay? I'll tell you in one respect. I believe that um, in this case, that the process, that Bragg is compelled to turn over those emails. I'll tell you why. Because the indictment could be dismissed by the court if he doesn't for the simple reason that when they came down on Michael Cohn and they forced him to plead guilty, they may have forced him to lie to plead, guilt, to plead guilty in order to, to avoid going to a, a longer sentence, a higher charge. He may have had to lie and say he did something he didn't do. And if he did that, that his testimony now, that would be contradictory to his testimony now. Hence, the emails to Costello would be false emails. Would they, Costello would be correct, and those emails would contradict his testimony now. But that would be by the hands of Bragg. I mean, not, excuse me, by the hands of the federal prosecutor, or whoever prosecuted whoever prosecuted Cohen the first time. That would be at the hands of the prosecutor. So because they forced him to lie, now they got to come clean to the grand jury and, and show if, in fact, his testimony did con- uh, is contradictory. Although, That's the way I I hear, no, I hear what you're saying. Although many legal people that I've talked to today, including Doug Burns, which you just heard a little bit ago, seem to think that they're not required to, that should the grand jury say, hey, we want to see the rest of these emails, which they might have, that would be different. Um, but it may not be bragged to initiate it, but that you have an interesting theory there. Um, now, let me let me ask you your thoughts. Do you believe, Larry, tomorrow we may see Cohen again walk out? He was on standby uh, thinking he was going to be called after Costello. Or do you think his credibility and his flipping and flopping, which clearly he's flipped and flopped a lot, you know, uh, more than the House of Pancakes. He's like flip, 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 right? Other than that, um, do you think they're going to bring in someone else? So what do you, or do you think that he's uh, Bragg is just going to be brazen enough and send it right to the grand jury? Uh, well, uh, I, that's the thing. I don't. I think Bra- I think Bragg is going to is going to come out with any artil- artillery he has. At this point, he won't br- back down. Because he's got Sharpton breathing down his neck, telling him to go. Don't be scared. Go for it. Go for it. He's got people pushing him, and uh, he's he's thinking more about uh, his uh, reelectability than he is about what's going to happen to him in Washington later on. I can tell you that much. So I don't think Bragg is backing down. So uh, the only way it's not going to the indictment's not going to happen is if the grand jury refuses to indict. And and by the way, they may surprise, um, you know, Bragg and other people. Bragg may think he's got it locked in, even though I think he's probably a little disconcerted. Clearly, he's got to be after the Costello testimony. But who knows? Maybe the jurors, you have to get a simple majority. There's 23 of them, and maybe they end up not having the votes. If they were indeed shaking their heads like Bob Costello, maybe they said, hey, listen, the rest are grand jurors. This is a weak case. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I know your name is Rita. 
Some new polls are showing President Trump is doing better than ever. Basically, many people around the country, even those who don't like him, basically see that this appears to be a political prosecution or persecution, depending who you talk to, of indeed President Trump by Alvin Bragg. And it's interesting because Ron DeSantis, in the last 24 hours, he did an interview with Pierce Morgan. Now, of course, Ron DeSantis has not thrown his name into the hopper, even though everybody believes it will be a Ron DeSantis-Trump kind of matchup, you know, likely uh, for the front runners there for the GOP side. By the way, debates coming up already in a few months, probably. I mean, this is it's going to be like full steam ahead. That's why this whole court case with Bragg is such a wild thing in terms of timing. But here is Ron DeSantis kind of trying to take a little bit of the high road and also sounding a little cocky. Uh, Here he is with Pierce Morgan when Pierce Morgan asked him what he makes of the nicknames that Donald Trump has given Ron DeSantis. He's given him, what was it, like the Sanctimonious, and he gave him Meatball Ron, which that reminds me of like Meathead from All in the Family, Rob Reiner. That's all all I keep thinking about is Rob Reiner or Carol O'Connor. I love that show. That was such a great show. But here is Ron DeSantis answering that question. Take a listen. Is your favorite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron, Ron the Sanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't. I think uh, even he went off Meatball Ron. I, I can't. Uh, I don't know how to spell the Sanctimonious. <laughs> I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can call me, you can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner. You can call me anything as long as you call me a winner. And he also said that he believes it's going to be a him and a Biden. Like that would be the matchup if he decides to get in. He's still kind of, even though I shouldn't say he's even playing coy, most people close to him are saying that he's probably going to throw his name in the hopper around May or June of this year. And he's losing all this weight. That's also how you know that these candidates are running. It's like, sure enough, you know, and it wasn't like he was like fat or anything like that, but you could see that they kind of like bulk up. Uh, if you look at pictures of him from like even like a month or two ago, it's like, OK, no carbs, no sugars, a really boring time. You know, they're like, OK, you can't have this. You can't have that. That's always a sign that they're usually running for a higher office, that they're trying to like look as good as they can because they know the cameras are going to be everywhere on them. And so here he is playing a little bit coy. But guess what? This whole thing with Donald Trump may have infused the emotions of donors, because some of the donors were going towards DeSantis this time versus Trump. And this new news that's just coming in that the Donald Trump team basically has raised $1.5 million for the president's campaign in just three days after he sent out that message saying that there's a possible arrest by Alvin Bragg. By the way, also people saying that the president is expressing anger and also invigorated because he's almost resigned to the fact that he thinks he's going to be indicted. And donors are now coalescing around Trump since he made this claim that he's going to be arrested. Basically, 1.5 million bucks. That's pretty good in three days. And maybe Ron DeSantis needs to look over his shoulder a little bit more. He sort of sounded like, oh, I got the donors locked up. I got this locked up. And he has gone after Alvin Bragg. But he hasn't really protected Trump. He said, you know, I can't really talk about a porn star or somebody seeing a porn star and all that stuff. 
Um, I can only say that Alvin Bragg, I think it seems political, blah, 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 blah. Um, he should come out and say, you know what? This is crazy. Um, it shouldn't happen to a Republican. It shouldn't happen to a Democrat. It shouldn't happen to anybody. But that's why you can tell he's sort of trying to thread the needle, like still like look like, OK, well, it's political. But I don't want to say too much in favor of the guy who I likely am going to be going head to head with in just a matter of months. So do you think this whole thing is emboldening President Trump? And do you think that many donors that at first were like, well, I'm not sure who I'm going to support. There were a number of them that supported Trump last time and were kind of on the fence. Do you think now this has really kind of pushed them over the fence towards Trump to basically say, this is just insane. And I need to support this guy because clearly they're coming after him with everything they got. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in the beautiful state of South Carolina. Go ahead, Mike. Your thoughts. Rita, I was laughing my butt off. Number one, um, great show, of course. Uh, that first caller, I'm glad you put him in his place. You know, high voltage. You said this. They must be related, you know, Stan and this guy. High voltage, you know, disciples of. Uh, that was Fuzzy Smith. Teddy. I call him Teddy Bear. Teddy yeah. Bear. Yes. But he was a grizzly yeah. today. Oh, please. You know, Jellyfish Biden, uh, you know, uh, the Democratic donkey, the worst. I'll make you quick, Rita. You got people on deck. Alvin Bragg, you know. The DOJ didn't didn't seem to have any notion of taking this any further. But Alvin Bragg did. And, you know, recidivism, these animals that, that are arrested multiple times, felonies, let's put it out on the street. The worst DA. And you know what? Everything. And Michael Cohen, you, you know, I was watching that interview. Uh, first of all, he's, a, he's another liar. And he was referring to Donald Trump as Adolf Hitler. What? Like, enough, you know. And hush money, you know, to Stormy Daniels. I, I bet all the information they have, they're turning a deaf ear and a blind eye to Biden and his psycho son Hunter, convenient amnesia with his laptop, and the little red Corvette. I bet you don't find documents left and right. And, you know, it's really getting to the point of, you know, the donkeys and the elephants. Let's throw Donald Trump under on, on baseless BS, really, you know? Yeah, it's like they are fabricating. It's like uh, they're, they have a person and they're trying to sort of create a crime around it. And that's not the way our justice system should work. And I agree with you. It's just, it, I, I wonder too about your point. Um, by the way, and, and I also, Mike, I always read everybody's, I also read Twitter and I read a lot of your social media. Um, and Sweet Polly Purebred tweeted out, uh, Rita, Bragg was a distraction from the China payoff to the Biden family. So is that what you think also, Mike? It's sort of like a, uh, like, don't look at the shiny object over here. Oh, interesting. I I like that. I like that concept and that thought process, Rita, because, you know, under the table, millions and millions from China, uh, uh, Russia bordering countries 10 years ago. And he just, you know, let him put on his, you know, Tom Cruise sunglasses, this, this donkey president and, and get an ice cream cone. Yeah. And look at the cameras and wax poetic without a teleprompter. Let, let's see what he can do. Oh, please. It is. <laughs> and, and by the way, the world is in such a mess. Now you think about what's going on with, as you bring up China, Russia, Iran, you got all these things going on. Um, you oh, got, yeah. you got Biden, you got the economy. I mean, there's just so many issues. You got the border 
And this is the best that Alvin Bragg can do or the Democrats can do is go after him for uh, this payment that so far looks like Cohen paying a business payment. I mean, this is just insane. I mean, it really is. It's like it's like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a, a building on fire. Uh, but let's let's uh, let's um, let's see how the lawn's doing. You know, I mean, give me a break. You know, Rita, you're exactly right. Like I said in your show before, truth is stranger than fiction. You can't make this stuff up. You can't. Well, right. I love your calls, Mike. Let's see what happens tomorrow, because uh, this could be a really monumental day. Uh, Mike, thank you very much. Let's go to Ernest in Boston on line seven. Ernest, your thoughts about where this is headed. Hello? Yeah, this this really um, really aggravates me. It's, it, it makes me mad. It really makes me furious. We're not supposed to uh, we're not supposed to protest. We're not supposed to speak up because heavens forbid the opposition will you know will will, will blame us for 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 some kind of insurrection. I mean, one thing you know, I I feel the election was stolen, and now I feel that we don't have the right to protest because heavens forbid they 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 might skew our our protest as some uprising. Well, if. I think it's to the point where, I mean, hopefully it's a nothing burger, but I, I strongly believe it's, it's to the point that we better get downright and nasty and, and, and start breaking noses because I'm telling you what, these people, they, they're, they're, we, we, the time for talk is over. Time for talk is over. I, I mean, I'm, I'm furious. This is banana third world republic nonsense. And then this is why they, they, they want open borders. So to get more and more third world people over here to, who, don't, who don't understand our constitution, don't know our laws, who become um, completely undermining, uh, uh, undermining of the government, that they're becoming indebted to the government, you know, a subservient politics you know well and, well and listen i i agree with you that it is frustrating ernest obviously i don't think it's, it's time to break really frustrating it is and i hear you that's why i don't think it's time to break noses though you don't want to get to that but i will say that it is unbelievable you use the phrase banana republic and i think that's a good description because this is the kind of thing that happens in a banana republic it's not supposed to happen in america where you suddenly say, oh, well, I'm going to go after this for a business. If someone had said that to me three, four years ago, I'd go, what are you talking about? But it seems like when it comes to Trump, all bets are off, Ernest. It's like they, they, they just think they can do anything against Trump. And guess what? They clearly don't like him. But I, if, it, if you replace the name, say he left and he wasn't running. I, and I absolutely believe, Ernest, it's because he is the front runner. There's no doubt in my mind that he said he's going to run again. If he decided to kind of like, you know, stay in a little, uh, a little, you know, little, uh, shack in the Caribbean with Melania and like spend the rest of his life there, um, which he could afford to do in a nice shack down there for sure. Um, then I don't think they would bug him, but it's because. He still looms large and has such a big support in the Republican Party. But guess what? If it wasn't Trump, whoever the front runner is, they'd go after him. That, you know, but Trump even more so because he is such a threat to them and he drives out a big crowd. They still love him. You guys still, I mean, the huge crowd comes out for him every single rally. And Biden barely can get somebody to like, you know, sit in the car with him, you know, in his little Corvette. So the, the key is earnest though also. Is to speak up. And I, I don't believe you shouldn't protest. I just don't want it to get out of hand. I don't want to give 
you know, I don't want Democrats to use this opportunity to go after Republicans again. And I, you don't want things to just get crazy in general, period. But I think peacefully protest, that's a right of America. And I, I, I have never seen anything like this in my life, Ernest, where they are going after a president to the nail, uh, so desperate to take him out on what looks like a bogus, ridiculous charge that looks like a really weak case. I mean, at best, this is a lame, weak case. And if that's the best you can do, how dare you go after a former president? I hear your passion, Ernest, and I think a lot of us are angry and outraged at the system. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So the grand jury in New York is expected to convene at noon. Uh, So we're looking at basically about 12 hours or so from now. And if indeed that is the case, it looks like they will either potentially call a witness or they may also potentially go for a vote. Now, I firmly believe that Alvin Bragg is probably going to go forward with this case. I think he's just too far in. As much as this looks so political that even liberal attorneys are saying this is a weak, a flailing case, Uh, I think Bob Costello, who is the former attorney for Michael Cohen, put a damper in the case. It looks like he delayed at least the jury coming and making a vote. And Alvin Bragg is clearly going to have to do something to kind of combat it and counteract it, if you will. But I also think Alvin Bragg, the fact that he brought this case, knowing basically his star witness is Michael Cohen, whose credibility is in tatters, uh, who has been convicted of a whole bunch of stuff and has had a lot of questions about his truthfulness in the past, I think all of those things just show that Alvin Bragg just kind of didn't really care. A lot of people clearly said to him, this isn't the case. And in fact, there are even others who reported that Alvin Bragg himself was basically saying, I can't rely on Michael Cohen. And what has he done? He's had Michael Cohen in tons of times. So the fact that he is going forward with this, I think he is just in way too deep. I think he doesn't know how to get out of it. Maybe he's going to push for a vote. And maybe the jurors themselves will say, this is weak. This is not the case where you go after a former president. But I don't think Alvin Bragg is going to do anything to change the dimensions in the case. This is a guy, remember, who went after the bodega owner who was defending himself. Remember when the guy attacked him? He went after the bodega owner for murder charges. So much so, the bodega guy basically left the country. He feels like this isn't fair American justice after the charges finally got dropped only because there was so much pressure against Alvin Bragg. But this is a guy, that's the way he looks at justice. Uh, And in this case, he clearly doesn't matter how many people put up warning signs and say, no, 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 this isn't it. This isn't the one to go after President Trump. This is not the one to set such a dangerous precedent that you're going to go after the former president of the United States. But Alvin Bragg seems intent on going ahead And I think for his own political skin, I think either way, by the way, it looks bad because the fact that he brought the case looks bad. 
And I think if he tries to pull out, it looks bad. It's an admission that it's a weak case. I think he probably can't do that now. Um, and he also has his own political ambitions that he wants to go full steam ahead. But look, this case is, even if it goes forward to an indictment, this case is never before a jury, even in a jury in Manhattan, in super liberal Manhattan. I don't think a jury in Manhattan would convict President Trump on these charges. I think it is so thin, it is so weak, that even a Manhattan jury would say, you know what, no thanks. So at the end of the day, I think Alvin Bragg is going to have egg on his face no matter what. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to George. Line 8. George, your thoughts. I mean, my thoughts about this whole thing is if you look at our judicial system, it is completely collapsing. And this is just another way of throwing in a wrench into the whole system because he can't go federal. He's trying to turn a misdemeanor into a felony, but he's only a state person who cannot bring it to a federal level, which is why this is kind of dead in the water. And then you got the whole Russia hoax, people getting four FISA warrants based on misinformation. And then you got them covering up the laptop. So a DOJ is corrupt. They're arresting parents at meetings who are protesting a movement they don't want going on with their children. Yeah, there's so, a lot I mean, of there's a lot of overreach. I hear you, George. I mean, even during the election, I'm not denying any election, but at least one judge should have heard one case out of the 200 that were about going around the state legislature and making new rules. Well, you know, I mean, that is you a know, clear you, consolation. George, I, and I Go ahead. I know I think you bring up an interesting point. I always thought the Pennsylvania case might end up like at the Supreme Court. You know, I thought that case because that was where they changed it. They took it, you know, out of the legislature. Just like you said, it changed the system and it wasn't the way that it had been prior to. Um, and it looked like, uh, you know, the legislature took it into their hands, changed the process in terms of voting. And so there was just a lot of questions or that at least it should have been heard for that reason. I, I thought there was sort of an interesting constitution issue that could have opened the door there. On that one. Um, but but you're right. When you see this that's happening to President Trump, this to me feels like and at least as we're talking about this case, feels like a miscarriage of justice. It really does. This is not what the justice system is for. I mean, if it goes forward and there's an indictment, what is it going to be your reaction, George? My reaction is going to be this is a joke. It's going to be thrown out and it was just done to make Trump look bad, which is going to make him stronger. Bragg cannot bring something that's federal. He's a state attorney. He can't do this. But but he's trying. So and he, and, and by the way, George, I, I agree. But that doesn't seem to be stopping him. And you know what? Also, even on the statute of limitations, people are saying, well, you know, the statute of limitations has run out. And we had Dershowitz on, uh, was it last night? We ran a clip where he basically said, oh, we can make go around it saying, well, Trump was at the White House. Sounds like he is skirting and twisting at every direction. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great military and their families, a powerful story about Private First Class Jessica Lynch. My friend, um, I've gotten to know Jessica quite well. U.S. Army, of course, who was captured in Iraq on March 23rd, 2003. I can't believe it. Wow. Uh, tomorrow is going to be 20 years since she was captured. Isn't that amazing? And later, uh, she was soon after rescued by U.S. forces. As she lay recovering, by the way, in hospitals in Germany back then and then went to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center in D.C., Private First Class Jessica Lynch was largely unaware of the fact that she had really become the face of Operation Iraqi Freedom. She spent the next 20 years having many surgeries to repair the damage done at the hands of Iraqis, both physical and mental. And she has been given opportunities across the nation to share her stories. And boy, her story is harrowing. We've interviewed her here on the show, and her story is unforgettable. Well, this past weekend, in recognition of the 20th anniversary of her capture, she was recognized by the Military Women's Memorial as the first female POW to be rescued and one who brings a message of positivity, perseverance, and resilience to those not only in the military but to people everywhere. She was introduced, by the way, for this ceremony by General Richard Myers, U.S. Air Force retired. He was the 15th chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and in that role at the time of her capture. Jessica was presented with the Living Legend Award by the president of the Military Women's Memorial. And by the way, to this day, Jessica Lynch says she is thankful for the opportunity to represent her country, even though her time in the Army was cut short by her injuries. Moreover, she said she appreciates the opportunity to tell her story and remind people of the bravery and commitment, especially of the people who rescued her, the U.S. troops. What a powerful, powerful story. And I can't believe it's been 20 years since that happened. Well, we are talking about the fact, uh, speaking of history, tomorrow President Trump could potentially be indicted Uh, We understand from multiple reports that the grand jury is going to convene. It was canceled last minute today, suddenly. And some people believe it's because of Bob Costello, who was representing Michael Cohen and said Michael Cohen's a liar. There are others who said that as a result of Bob Costello, they were trying to bring in a witness today and it didn't work out. But that witness may appear tomorrow. So who is the witness? Is it Michael Cohen? Is it Stormy Daniels? They also believe it might be a media executive because there are some of these media deals with some of the tabloids. So who knows where this is going, but it looks like Alvin Bragg is trying to pull a Hail Mary. He needs something because it sounds like Michael Cohen really uh, has done it in terms of questions of credibility. And how are you going to go forward with a case? How do you look yourself straight in the mirror and say, this is the case to bring down an American president, to change the dynamics in America just because you don't like President Trump? That is not the reason to do it. And this, to me, I think is really opening up just an enormous can of worms. I think we're going down a path now that really, really opens up the door to like Small offenses to go after the president. Small offenses. Let's maybe try to impeach. Small offenses. Let's do that. 
as opposed to fixing America's problems. And boy, there is a lot to fix. I want to play Cut 14. This is Elise Stefanik. And this is what she has to say about Alvin Bragg, who looks like he's leading the charge to indict Trump. I think Alvin Bragg in particular is the most radical DA you can ultimately get to. George Soros funded him over a million dollars, and we have this significant crime crisis in New York State. It's one of the reasons why we picked up four congressional seats. So at the same time as you have him politically targeting and persecuting President Trump, he's lowering felonies and misdemeanors, which has been one of the reasons why crime has skyrocketed in New York City. Yeah, he's not focused on crime, but he's focused on Trump. And Elise Stefanik believes that this goes all the way to the White House, that this wasn't just Alvin Bragg suddenly saying, I'm going to go after Trump, that suddenly he was doing okay in the polls and he entered the fray to run for president again. How dare he? How dare he run? I mean, how dare he act like it's a democratic country? You know, I mean, give me a break. I'm being facetious. But here is Elise Stefanik saying that she thinks that the White House is pulling the strings here. Even the Washington Post has pointed out that this is a zombie case that the Department of Justice passed upon, uh, the Southern District of New York passed upon, and yet now you have the most radical DA imaginable going after President Trump and doing the bidding of Joe Biden. And doing the bidding of the White House, unless I don't think Bragg is just doing it on his own, Uh, even though some people believe he's doing it maybe because he believes he might be primaried. And maybe they feel that this would give him job security to be the guy who indicted Trump, uh, that somehow that engenders him, whether it's to voters or to senior leadership in the Democratic Party. I think something happened where they clearly said, hey, you know, we would really appreciate if you could try to get him this way. We'll try him here. Uh, You'll try him here. It's like whoever gets there first, just go for it, please. Don't wait. I'm begging you. You can see that kind of the message from, I think, the White House or somewhere like that. That's my instinct. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mark on line seven. Mark, your thoughts of where this is headed. Yes, Rita, thank you. Great show. Um, for starters, uh, this is a long haul. I mean, they're, they just the indictment's the beginning. But, um, you know, he, they got to go a ways after that. But I think Donald Trump is going to wear this indictment like a Superman cape. I mean, he's a rebel president in a lot of ways. And I think this plays w- very well into his image and um, kind of what he stands for. You know, he I don't think this is going to keep him down. He's going to be at rallies saying, how do you like your newly indicted president? And he'll run with this. Yeah, I agree with you because, um, you know, it's interesting. There are reports out there, too, uh, that he's basically saying, I'm not going to hide and cower that if indeed he does get indicted and he seems to be telling a number of people that he believes he's going to get indicted. Um, he doesn't know, but they're just saying that. But if that's the case, right, uh, he's been telling friends that he's just going to go basically through the front door, parade, uh, wave to supporters, uh, you know, show up. And basically, like you just said, almost like muck it up. And and I think it is making him, him look better and emboldening him. There's no question, Mark. I mean, the fact he got, I mentioned this, $1.5 million in three days. People are going, he's getting a raw deal. And you're right. He started, he's, he's 
this is this is going to be like the you know this is going to backfire on the Democrats like no tomorrow, Mark. I think it's going to fuel fuel his uh, his campaign. I think he's you know he's going to be taking this for, for as far as he can go with it and in a positive way for him. I, and when he wins it, uh, when he beats it, it's even better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mark, thank you very much. Let's go to Judith, line three. Judith, your thoughts about, do you agree with what we just heard, that uh, he's going to be like Superman <laughs> with a <the> cape <laughs> saying, indicted president, where's Thor? <laughs> Probably. Probably. But listen, I got to vent a little because I am so livid. I'm so angry. And by the way, Rita, between you and me, we should go to San Francisco together. And we should identify as black and get $5 million reparations. What do you say? You want to come with me? Oh, sure. <laughs> and by the way, if you're treating, I'm coming. All right, Judith? <laughs> okay, well, listen, $5 million, I'll treat you. I, we can identify as black women. What's going to stop us? There's just loco. It's loony bins. Listen, I've got a vent. First of all, Bob Costello has a sterling reputation. He's one of the most respected lawyers. So his testimony there really, really holds Holds, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it's yeah, a lot really of weight. Powerful. A lot of weight. Yeah, I a lot agree. of weight. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Rita. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Rita, I got a vent. When I heard Ernest, and I feel very much like he's frustrated because we're all frustrated. I am so frustrated, Rita, with all these illegal selective prosecutions that are going on. And here, in the, we don't break noses, but we fight and we fight legally, people. Where are the lawyers out there? I'm begging. Where are the normal, decent lawyers? Republicans, Democrats, independents, whatever. There's strength in numbers. We cannot cower from these people. We've got to band together. I really suggest they form a like a new civil liberties union because our civil liberties now are being taken away. And they've got to go after uh, individually after these 40, 50 rogue DAs, DAs, just like Alvin Bragg. These are Soros. They're like a cancer that we have to surgically remove, Arita. Legally, we've got to challenge them. We've got to sue them for millions of dollars. We've got to investigate Alan Braggs for all he's been doing now because he's ridiculous. They have to turn it around. We have to fight, and that's the way we fight, legally. Organized with strength, and I'm begging the lawyers to come out there. They have to unite together. Decent people. We've got to save this country, Rita, because yeah. this country is going to pot. It's, it's just forget it. The legal system, if we don't have a normal legal system, we're done. We're done. Never mind. I'm telling you that we have a rogue DOJ. We have a rogue government. We have a rogue Biden. We have a rogue. They're all rogue. Yeah. So we're the, the only strength we have is through legal means. We don't break noses, people. But we can have lawyers get together, strengthen numbers, get a thousand lawyers all over the country. We have to fight these DAs. They are not DAs. They're rogue. They're source, George Soros is rogue. They will create. They will create or they will like like hide all these emails or whatever and just pick out whatever they want and they'll just like have their own narrative. They're, they're not honest. It's just insane, Rita. It is. <laughs> it is. No, I feel like I'm living in like, like this is like what you expect. Somebody said earlier tonight, Judith, you probably heard, use the phrase banana republic. And that is what you expect. You know, it's like, oh, what a surprise. Uh, Putin has won again. You know, <laughs> who dare vote against uh, the leader? You know, I mean, that uh, this is crazy. And this is not the way it works in a democracy. And you bring up an interesting point. If there were a whole bunch of lawyers who came out there and said, this doesn't seem like appropriate justice. Here's the here's the bar. 
you know, for the case. Here's the evidence that you really need on a case like this. And and Andy McCarthy, I I listened. I've known Andy a long time. Andy is not a fan of Trump. He definitely isn't. But in recent days, he's like, just take out the name Trump. And if it was somebody else, would anybody be indicted? And he says, probably not whatsoever. You know, like this is something that you would normally just not bring anybody up on, let alone the standard of a former president. So it just seems so transparent. But I don't rule out, by the way, Judith, that even despite what you and I see with our own two eyes, uh, we're clearly rational thinkers. And as are so many people out there, it doesn't mean that Alvin Bragg and a Manhattan grand jury may not indict. They just need, by the way, a simple majority. There's 23 that are on the jury. So they just need to get 12. Uh, they don't need to get 23. It sounds like they may have lost a few with Bob Costello, but they just, you know, you still just need to reach it. That's the standard. And the question is, will they meet it uh, if they do decide to take a vote? And I, I think they're still going for it. I think we're going to see this. My gut tells me we are still going to see the spectacle of President Trump being, you know, brought in the play. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Like the indictment coming and then actually maybe sometime next week. Uh, so they prepare, you know, preparations for peaceful protests. And again, I hope they're peaceful. Um, but. It, it is it is the definition of insanity, and that shot alone encapsulates the overzealous prosecution that it, you so eloquently put, whether it's DOJ or whether it's a whole bunch of other stuff, and this just kind of encapsulates it. So in a way, um, I agree also with the last caller, Judith, that this is going to embolden Trump. I mean, he's already cashing in. People are saying this is over the top. And guess what? I think that that's a good thing because it is over the top. Um, I mean, you're supposed to just sit and let a uh, former president get charged, uh, even if you don't like him. I hope that there's some Democrats donating to him. That would be interesting. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue, everybody, with your calls when we come back. Judith and I are on fire. What about you? The Rita Cosby Show. Well, it sounds like there is chaos at the court with the Trump grand jury. They abruptly canceled the hearing that was taking place a few hours ago, but now indications are that they will go full steam ahead tomorrow. And despite all that, that it seems like there are even assistant DAs shaking their heads and also grand jurors, according to Bob Costello, well, you can't rule out that Alvin Bragg is not going to just go for it and decide to be the guy who indicts Trump. He'll look at it like it's a badge of honor. And guess what? Trump will look at it like it's a badge of honor coming from this guy who doesn't go after anybody in New York. It's like a uh, criminal. Come on in. But Trump. Oh, terrible. Boy, does this sound like fair justice to you? It is so all over the place when you're looking at the history of Alvin Bragg and the way he's handled repeat offenders in New York. There are so many problems. That's why I want him to spend his time not on a stretch of a case. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Zach. Line eight. Zach, your thoughts. Hi. How are you, Rita? First, a great show. Both this one and uh, Cats and Rita, Cats and Cosby. Love Thank it. you. Thank you. 
Um, so I just want to say something. My dad, he grew up in Soviet Russia, and he just he says that the similarities are uncanny. He's he's surprised. He says, why is he surprised? Because in Russia, of course, you know this Alvin Bragg. He's not going to go. It's, there's no uh, there's no news about this that he's not going after the repeat offenders or the criminals, because it's just like Soviet. You go for whatever is for the better of the nation, i.e., whatever is better for the people in power, and whoever's a threat to the people in power, that's what the real crime is. You're going against Mother Russia. You're going against Mother Communism. And I don't really want to say communism per se, but I'm saying my father says that the similarities are uncanny, both from what they started with, you know, the whole election and how they were trying to thwart that and covering up everything one after the other. He says that the only difference is that, uh, you know, in Russia, everybody knew that they were lying, and at least they, they showed it. They knew that they were lying, and they, they showed it. They said, listen, this is what we're doing. This is what we need. And they were open about their, their wicked ways. Here, he says that, you know, they make themselves out to be the, you know, the greatest people on earth, that they're, they're here, they care about us, and they're lying and cheating the system openly with complete disregard, disregard for the real safety of the people and for the real better of the people. And unfortunately, you know, I agree with my dad. I feel it's, it's terrible what the city and what the country is coming on to. But I hope, like you said, I hope Trump wears it as a badge of honor and takes it fully. And hopefully they won't uh, take anything away from him this time around. Yeah, although, you know, you think about uh, dragging somebody through it while, by the way, he may be in the middle of like a trial and be like, um, can you hold on one second? I have to do a presidential debate in a few hours. Uh, but no, let me talk to uh, Michael Cohen here first. Let me refute him. And then let me do uh, some refuting of Stormy Daniels. And Bob Costello, could you come? I mean, what a circus if you thought things were not crazy enough. And to drag somebody through it when it looks like at the end of the day, it's just going to get thrown out. The Edwards case, the John Edwards case. I remember when all that happened. Um, remember, and he was like, at that time, he was like a rock star in the Democratic Party. That case, which had to do with a mistress and campaign and all that other stuff, that one got thrown out. And that case was like much stronger than anything you would be creating on this one. So I think, sadly, your dad is right. And that is a sad testament to where justice is now in America, Zach. Um, and boy, uh, my dad grew up in Poland. So, you know, we know what that's like when suddenly you don't have free and fair elections and you don't have a free and fair justice system. So there are so many issues here, and we're a better country than this, um, as your dad and you and I know all too well. Uh, let's go to John, line one. John, your thoughts about this? Hi, hi, Rita. How are you? Um, I was a court employee for many years. I worked in Manhattan at the DA's office when we had a real DA, Morgenthau. This is many years ago, and I happened to work at the grand jury the grand jury has a court personnel, uh, one person or two people that are court personnel that watch over the grand jury, take out the paperwork, make sure the indictments are signed, and it goes to the judge. And all the two years, I saw hundreds of proceedings. It doesn't take very much to get 12 people to vote. And it's the way the DA presents the case. So I really, you know, I'm not saying I like it or don't like it, just the facts. He will be indicted. There's no question. Um, now, do, now, they, now, do you think the Bob Costello stuff uh, kind of sent him for a little you know, tailspin? The, the Bob Costello stuff is very good when it goes to trial. He will be indicted, in my opinion. I can almost say 100%. my opinion, I saw a lot of proceedings when the DAs would bring 
somebody back, it was usually to cure their testimony, because as a defendant, you're entitled to the grand jury minutes at trial. So that's the reason why he's putting it you know, putting it there. So all the news cycle is hoping against hope he won't be indicted. I think it's a disgrace, but he will be indicted and he'll be able to use the testimony as a defendant. And it'll be a year, a year and a half away before it goes anywhere. Now, it could get thrown out. I don't know. I don't like it. Most people don't like it. But uh, whether whatever Bragg's motivations are, he can legally do this. It's terrible, but he will be indicted. And I don't think they're going to bring him up the front stairs. I don't even want to say for security reasons, even though I'm there out of their years, they're not going to let him walk up the front stairs. No, but what, what, what I'm hearing is he wants to because he doesn't want to like. He can um, want what he wants. He could want what he wants, Rita. I'm just telling you, I worked as a court officer there. They don't want to have one. There's a tremendous. They, I, I'll even say they're going to bring him around on Baxter Street. I'm sure you know it. Of course, on the street where Fellini's, the restaurant was, and he can go in where, where the gates are. They're not going to let him go up the stairs. And I could be wrong at that, you know, just because he wants that. And I'm not, you know, knocking Mr. Trump. I voted for him. But he's going to be indicted. So, you know, it, it, we'll see where it goes. Now, and, d- now, do me a favor, John, if you could, because uh, we have a heartbreak here. You got a call back again. You are terrific. Please give us a call back tomorrow. I would love your take on whatever happens tomorrow. My gut is he will be indicted. And my gut is it is not the right move. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.